is the big we, a black joy spreading, Afrofuturist visioning, real talk food for your soul pop culture podcast. Big laughs, big love, big joy, big dreams, big we. Hey y'all, I'm your co-host Anasa Troutman. I'm a lover of love, a lover of life, a lover of people, and a lover of you. I'm a writer, producer, and cultural strategist who lives in Memphis. I was born in July, Leo, and continue to be obsessed with everything from Octavia Butler to Lando Calrissian, Oprah Winfrey to Stevie Wonder. What's up, y'all? I'm your co-host, Calvin Williams. And aside from being your resident Afrofuturist for Liberation, I'm a retired poet, recovering organizer, and relentless culture nerd who understands the world through memes, mixtapes, and comic book metaphors. I spend my time creating space for new stories and storytellers to emerge, and after many, many journeys through spaces, place, and time, I now call Oakland, California home. And I'm a Pisces. How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Calvin, I've missed you so much. Where have you been? So much has happened since I saw you last. How's that baby growing? Growing? Yeah, I... How about you? This is this is our uh, first this is kickoff of season two. Season two, son. Can you believe it? We got re up for a new season. I, love I, it. I made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I wasn't sure. I didn't know. Yeah, this has been a, this has been like a really intense summer, Calvin. I have learned like five thousand lessons and grown two levels in the spiritual life. It's been it's been deep. It's been deep. Wow. I know. I know. It's crazy. I have so Life much to say. Life achievements unlocked. All I did was go on a vacation. <laughs> Listen, which, <laughs> which is the one thing I did not do. I would like to go on the record to say in 2019, I scheduled and canceled five vacations and have yet to take one. Somebody come get me, please. Um. Yeah, that's a problem. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. That's what happens when you have big dreams. You feel like you can't go on vacation. It's a well, real you, big problem. Know, we, we need you. And I need you, and you need you, to take care of that piece of you that needs that replenishment, that refreshing, that I vacation. Know. I know. I know you've been doing big things. So while I'm on the one hand, I'm I'm saying yes, take that vacation. And <laughs> you're the one who introduced me to the Black Power naps and all of that. That's, right. Right? That's right. Uh, also know that you're doing some really big, amazing things, and super proud of you. Know Thank it's a busy you. summer. Thank um, you. And I wonder. I yes. wonder. What song is capturing that summer mood for you? Mm. I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance, Calvin, because I'm about to break the rules. I expect no less. (laughs) I don't mean to be a rabble rouser, but season two, episode one, we're breaking rules. So I I don't have a song. Um, I have a book this time because... Probably the most significant thing that happened on our break was the passing of Toni Morrison for me. Mm. It was like a really big seismic shifting thing that happened in my life. And part of the reason is because she died on August the 5th, but on July 15th, you know, I'm, um, I have this musical that I co-wrote and produced here in right. Memphis. And we, our whole team was in Memphis doing a rewrite for like the 2.0 version of the musical. And, like, I asked everybody to go see the Toni Morrison documentary with me because it was in town, and I was, like, really wanting to see it, and I thought it would be wonderful for us to see it together. So we went on July 15th, and the movie, like, 
totally slayed me to 1,000 pieces to the point where I was sitting in my movie theater seat for 20 minutes, boo-hoo crying when the movie was over. Mm. And I couldn't figure out why, and part of it was because I... Toni Morrison is like in my top three of all time anyway, but then watching the movie, the movie is called um, The Pieces That I Am, it revealed to me how much she had shaped my life and my the way I look at culture, the way I look at life, the way I feel as a black woman, not just because of her writing, but when I realized all of the books that she published as a publisher and an, and a, and an editor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I read every one of those books when I was a kid. Every one of those books informs who I am as a black person, as a woman, as an artist, as a creative. And I'm like, I re-immersed myself in her work. So like, just really grateful and present to her and for her and with her and all that she gave us and knowing that there's not ever going to be another person on the planet who has that much impact on me. And so, like, her passing was, like, a huge, 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 huge thing. And so the thing that sums up my mood right now is A Song of Solomon. It's the book that taught me black people could fly. And so I'm holding that up. And all y'all who have not read Song of Solomon, read it again. If you've already read it, read it with me. I'm reading it right now. I started with um, The Bluest Eye, and then I read Sugla, and some of my friends and I have been talking, and now we're reading Song of Solomon. So come on and read it with us. That's what's up. So in, in some ways, you you didn't really break the rule. You just <laughs> fulfilled the rule to the name. Yes. What's the song that's capturing? Oh, the, the song of Solomon! Come on, you. Calvin! I see you. That, that, was, that was dope. It's, that was good. We tag team. What's the song? The song of Solomon. Yes. The song of Solomon. Yes, um, Auntie Tony. Thank you, Auntie Tony. We love you, you. forever uh, and ever. What's up you, with you, Calvin? You you made you made me kind of pivot my my own answer like <laughs> mood because moods be changing. Is it okay with that? I'm okay with that. I mean that's I'm the beauty about, of community. We each all shape the other, Calvin. You know what right. I'm saying? That's right. And and I I'm sitting here being all nostalgic. I jokingly in my you know bio said I'm a retired poet, <laughs> spoken word artist, uh, and and that's because I don't feel like I I put in the time to the craft the way I did back then. Mm. And one of the things I did was uh, along with, I, I would juxtapose my listening and my reading. Uh, so one of them was Bluest Eye with uh, the Black Star album and wow. in particular Thieves in the Night. So just, um, you know, just that, that hook kept pulling me in, not strong, only aggressive, not free, only licensed, not compassionate, only polite. Now who's the nicest? And thinking of how I had to navigate the world now as a young black man in Georgia, mm. uh, in spaces and places that were um, where I either felt right at home or completely out of my element. And when I saw those words and I read those words and I heard those words in the different ways, yeah, I was I felt like I was being read mm. in a good way, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, you get you yeah. put words to what I feel, yeah, and. I want people to feel like that too. So in that same spirit, that it, it it's funny to be like, who influenced you to be the MC that you were, uh, or the poet that you were? And for me, like Toni Morrison is in the same breath as Quali. That's and Mostef, right. That's not you know weird I mean? at all. So, um, <laughs> That's not weird so again, at all. like it, yeah. I love it, Auntie Tony. Auntie Tony, we um we're doing something new this season. We're gonna start doing playlists for y'all. I think the first playlist we should do is all the songs that remind us of Toni Morrison. Ooh, yeah. Wouldn't that be dope? 
That's going to be dope. An ode to Auntie. Yeah. Yes. Hashtag Songs of Solomon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, there you go again. You know, I love you, Calvin. <laughs> hey, I love you back. I'm out here trying to do my thing. Come I may on. not be all that retired after all. Look at me. <laughs> Also, 2000 was damn near 20 years ago, y'all. Somebody on here is old, and it ain't me. (laughs) We're back in this really important time. It's it's near the end of August, but um, we're still in August, so I'm going to say it. Happy Black August to everyone. Happy Black August. I almost cussed. Let me not do that. But it is still Black August, um, and just reflecting on the, the many different ways in which we hold that time together as a commemoration of um, the the protests that are happening uh, across many prisons and being led in, in San Joaquin. And in previous season, the theme really was the uh, spirit of Sankofa, the year of Sankofa, uh, the right to return and reclaim. And even in, if not especially in, the places and spaces where we hold some of the deepest wounds as an access point for some of our most transformative healing, right, mm-hmm. in, in, in that journey. So um, just thinking about us still being in the midst of that renaissance of return, that uh, year of Sankofa, particularly in August, being 400 years removed from 1619 and on record, um, August, I believe it's 25th or 28th, um, there's so many things that happen on August 28th that we'll talk about later, but just um, just being being in a spirit of acknowledgement and Sankofa for um, the the spirits and the souls that made the journey and maybe not even not survived the journey across that transatlantic uh, onto the shores of Virginia and for the descendants who are still with us, like the descendants of the, that family, those families from 1619 yeah. still uh, live in, in this country, are still alive, have tracked their lineage um, and, and just honoring that, um, that story is still living with us. And I think that is really our purpose to call folks in. Yeah, I just, um, well, first I wanna, the day that I, that I remembered and that I reflected on was August 20th. And that's the day that the ship landed in Jamestown. Mm -hmm. And I remember, because I was busy, 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 busy. And I remember looking at the calendar and being like, oh, snap, today is the day. Because, you know, we've grown up our whole lives with people saying, 400 years, 400 years. And it's like, oh, it's actually today, 400 years. And um, just taking a moment and seeing how that felt. And didn't feel like I thought it was going to feel, you know? And I um, I was surprised how few people said anything about it. I was like, no one, no one, no one's gonna say anything? No one? Hmm. Okay. All right, that's the problem right there. We're gonna talk about it a little bit more later, but I was very present to the lack of presence. How many, for how many people that moment passed by without having felt it? is was something was something to acknowledge for me just like what does that mean for us and what's possible so yeah yeah it was a deep day it was heavy and uh earlier even speaking about um august 28th which um for the purposes of us uh on this recording like that was yesterday um and Another I saw thing that I think thing that you sent me, Calvin. That was deep. Right? 
right. We have to uh, share that on our um, Twitter page because I was like, what, what, yeah, what, it. what? It, it, was from, it was from our friends at Blavity. They they uh, shared out yes. August 28, a day in the life of a people, um, which was uh, a short film that was show. Uh, I believe it was previewed at the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Um, and also just looking at how many very pivotal and important moments that happened on August 28th. Just a short list I'll just read here. I pulled it up. Uh, August 28, 1833, the Slavery Abolition Act. August 28, 1955, the lynching of Emmett Till. August 28, 1961, Motown Records radio play releasing Please Mr. Postman from the Marvelettes. All right, August 28, 1963, the I Have a Dream speech from Dr. Martin Luther King on the March on Washington. August 28, 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit in Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. Um, and I remember that because I was I was in Alabama when the when, when it reached the, those shores. Um, and, and George Jackson, who uh, mm, led the uh, organizing in San Quentin. Um, his funeral was right here in Oakland um, at the St. Augustine's Episcopal Church on August 28th, was it on August 28th? So just thinking uh, of how many of these very pivotal wow. um, moments in uh, black liberation history and um, where we keep returning to on that particular yeah. day in this particular month seems something for it seems like an invitation to be in reflection so uh that that's the yeah. space that i'm in and as the like resident girl with her head in the sky all the time i have to point out that numerologically august 28th is a nine and that's the the number that talks about understanding and the connections between all people it's like the number the number of the humanitarian and mm. it just makes me um, remember that all of this work that we do and all these conversations that we have and all this culture that we love is really about restoration and it's about retying those connections you know and just because I can't help but go back to thinking about Toni Morrison and the things that she said in her documentary about why why she used her life the way that she did and like the way that her work reminds us of our humanity hmm. and how so much of who we are becoming Calvin just as people <laughs> I had a friend a couple of weeks ago ask me it was it was my birthday a few weeks ago and um, I had a dinner with a whole bunch of friends and one of my friends asked me who would you be if there was no such thing as white supremacy and I realized how many of my friends spend their life their professional life their personal life their family life working to repair those things that are broken because of white supremacy. And it made me almost like shift a little bit and say, well, what, well, what if, what if that was my goal in life is to see myself just as I am not having to prove or fix or fight or any of that, like, how do I see myself as I am? And, and that number nine and the number of reconnection and the number in um, the date of August 28th just reminds me of how whole we are naturally. Hmm. And just makes me um, 
want to spend my life reminding people of their wholeness as opposed to their lack of brokenness, you know, and makes me want to acknowledge who we are and our divinity and our beauty um, instead of trying to, you know, focus on the things that need to be healed. But that's, you know, August 28th. August 28th. One of the best acknowledgments I've seen, Calvin, of the 400-year anniversary of the first ship with enslaved Africans is the 1619 Project. Have you heard about that? I have, yes. I've been listening in to at least the first episode, and I think the second one was was, uh, recently released. Yeah. Yeah. So it started off as a project. It's a project of the New York Times. And the Sunday before August 20th, they put out a New York Times magazine that was really all about the um, 1619 Project. And it's like the whole magazine is dedicated to essays and photo essay and remembrances and all kinds of information, art, poetry, all kinds of things that are about the 400th anniversary of bringing Africans to the shores of America and all of the brilliant blackness that's in it is just ridiculous. Like you have to get, you can, I think you can get a PDF online. But I went, like, I was in Tampa visiting my father when it came out, and I heard about it on the internet. Like, some one of my friends posted it on her Facebook page, and I drove all over Tampa looking for a New York Times. Like, I drove around for an hour, dragging my father from the Walgreens to CVS to Starbucks to the bookstore. Like, we went all over town, and I finally, in a Starbucks, way out on the edge of town walked in there was one shining beautiful New York Times left on the racket I was so excited so I was able to get one little baby in person hard copy of the 1619 project and I've been reading it slowly over the weeks and it's really really astounding it's just beautiful there's like this beautiful artwork beautiful striking heart-wrenching photographs that just have you just draw you in so quickly. There's like um, a redacted version of a slave law in there that's like crazy just even writing it, reading it with the redactions, but then you're like, well, what Like, what else could possibly, what, <laughs> what could it possibly say that you had to black it out? Like, what could be worse than what I already see here? And it's, you know, when we see reenactments of like all the films that have come out, the TV shows that have come out that just display the savagery of chattel slavery and what our people were subjected to. Um, it's one thing, but like to read and see images, like real life accounts, and to really have to put yourself in a space of like, this is, a, this is not a film, this is not a, this is an actual person, an actual person's life. And you know, I've shown you before, Calvin, I have very, very lucky to have photographs of ancestors of mine that were enslaved. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of the things that I did over my summer break while I, when I moved is um, I had these pictures of my ancestors blown up into like these humongous three foot by four foot enlargements. So when I walk in my house, the first thing I see is this humongous photograph of my great, great, great grandparents who were slaves in Virginia. And mm. it's like, I am now reading and listening and watching all of this information through the, through their eyes, through the eyes of a of their child who who see who looks in their face every day and thanks them for their life every day 
and thinks about what I can do to honor them and to further their legacy every day. And it's, it's just a different conversation for me now, which is like, just goes back to that whole thing about like, what would you, like, who are you really? Like, who are you? Who am I? Who am I in my most free self? Because in the face of 400 years, the most powerful thing we can do is be our most free selves. And I, I don't know that, that any of us know even what that looks like or what it means or how to do it or anything. And it, it just makes me um, excited to dig in more to discover what it means to behave like a free person and to discover what that looks like and to do it with other people who I can see. I'm like, oh, imagine who you would be if you were free. Imagine who you would be if you were free. And it's just, um, it's like a very heavy time, but also like the most exciting time I've ever experienced in my life. Hmm. You know, it's like, it's a strange place to be when so much has happened and so much is possible. It's just a little bit, it's a little teeny weeny shift in perception. Just a little baby shift in perception, you know? Um, especially in this political moment where there's so many there's so many things every day on the news and on the internet that remind us um, that people think that we don't deserve freedom like spiritual freedom intellectual freedom physical freedom as a as women um, as black people so on and so on and so on it's um it's utterly revolutionary to imagine yourself as a free person and act as such Parts just like racing towards the curiosity mm-hmm. uh, in the cultural phenomena of joy. Uh, yes. In, in, in this moment. And yes. Is is that the is that like the deeper itch that we're where we're scratching um, or in reaching for when we say we uh, feel the need to and feel called to invite ourselves and others into joy and centering joy I do is it's the th- that that immersive emotion and emotional connection to what it feels to feel free yep yeah yes and I and I also think that through our history in this country that is one of the reasons why culture and the arts and creativity and full self-expression even in the most anguishing pain has been so powerful and so important and so potent what our expression in particular is so potent because that has been the place where we found freedom and joy again even in anguish there is that joy and that freedom and um you know i i i (laughs) the older i get the more convinced I am that that manifesting that that feeling of freedom and joy is the most powerful thing that we could do. It's the most radical thing that we could do. It's the most healing thing that we could do, and um, and how to do that in a sustained way. Like, of course, like I I love like <laughs> seeing 
um, images of people who were enslaved or you know, black people during Reconstruction or any any old black and white crumbly picture of a black person smiling, doing something joyful, feeling happy. Because I'm like, I know that things were awful, wretched, awful, terrible, but we still found moments of joy and we were still human and we still were whole people that had full expression of humanity, no matter how dark it got. And to see those moments are so enlivening to me. And I feel like our work is to be able to have those moments outside of just the moments and turn them into sustained joy. When I did that that um, that um, TED Talk last year, oh God, that wasn't last year. It was only in, in, in February, but my whole, it was just like, how do we find joy? How do we find sustained baseline feeling of joy at all times in the face of whatever? Because that, to me, is what freedom feels like. It feels like sustained joy. The joy you can access at any time is always rumbling underneath, no matter what the ups and downs are. And I I absolutely, I absolutely feel like that is what, what that, what that, the focus, the cultural focus, the cultural phenomenon of joy, for me, is absolutely about manifesting freedom. Absolutely, mm. 100%. As you were talking about that, um, my mind was buzzing with the just like those those little practices each day that I find myself leaning into uh, and been working to do, uh, but also um, thinking of what invitations we can put out there for. Hey, how, how do we practice mm -hmm. that that practice of joy rooted mm -hmm. in that acknowledgement of the the transformation and transformative moment we're in, in this year of return. Um, yeah. Would love to hear from you, maybe one just like daily practice that you're doing <laughs> in service to uh, rooting yourself in that, um, that Sankofa return as a practice yeah. of joy. Cause I, I'm saying this knowing that there's probably a dozen things that I could say I know, that you're doing, like, but I just, just one, share with one, folks, maybe one? that one daily practice that you call yourself into. So there's, there's, there's meditation. Of course, I, I find that, um, the, the ability to create in one's mind is one of the most powerful ways to access joy because you can become joyful just by, creating it like I I am joyful I am a joyful being I'm so grateful for my joy I'm so grateful for my life like you can literally manifest joy just by having a meditative practice or a practice a practice of affirmation and I know for some people it feels far-fetched but I'm I'm a witness I'm telling you like you literally can manifest just a small little pinheads worth of joy and it can grow in your body and in your soul um, over days and months and years as, as it's just like cultivating anything else it's a really beautiful and very powerful um, but also something that's really accessible to everybody is music because I'm one of those people who like literally wake up in the morning with a song in their head and when I have a song and it's with me it means like I'm like oh my soul is longing for this music today and I just play it and sing and dance real loud until I'm finished and that makes me joyful. And I have even a more remedial one. <laughs> because when I used to hang out with my godchildren in Atlanta, 
and they would be sulking around, and they would be like, my life is terrible, life sucks, wah, wah, wah. And I would say, like, what is your favorite thing? I remember this one time I had Kaylin and Satara with me, and I said, what is your favorite thing? And Kaylin said, all kinds of candy. I love all kinds of candy. And Satara said, I love ice cream parties. And I made them scream those words at the top of their lungs until they laughed and bowled over and rolled around in joyful laughter. And every time, now Satara's 25 years old, and when she calls me and she's sad, I'll be like, say it. And I make her say, ice cream party, real loud. And she just finds her joy. Because there's all kinds of things that we can hold on to to remind us that. Because that's what your body wants. It's what your mind and your soul want to be joyful. All we have to do is give like a little bitty, little bitty access for it. And we will explode into it if we allow ourselves to. Those were, that was three. I know you only asked for one, but I couldn't help it. What do you do, Calvin, to access your joy? I you are very joyful. <laughs> <laughs> I want to taste all 21 flavors of freedom. All of them. It's 31. 31? Yes. There's even more freedom than you think. See what I'm Ooh. saying? Even more than you think. Oh, all the yes. flavors. All, all the, the flavors. flavors. All of it. Uh, all of it. You, you know, um, one thing I'm really excited about and been doing my best just to practice every day is um, a creative envisioning and reimagining mm-hmm. of black freedom black futures uh particularly here in oakland mm-hmm. um i'm part of a creative residency at betty ono gallery through the wakanda dream lab that'll be Come on, on wakanda dream lab shout a, out the wakanda at the wakanda dream lab another plug um <laughs> but we're on through um through november and it's gonna be uh really exciting to see how that physical space and place that invites people to imagine what downtown will feel like, look like, mm. sound like, uh, if we centered uh, black joy at the, the heart of our development, our design, and our visioning for the future of Oakland. Mm-hmm. And so we have um, like pictures and photos and collages and art all in service to that, um, to that visioning. And really excited to share with you all as it develops uh, some of this uh, uh, augmented reality uh, artwork that you can access anywhere. So I'll be sharing it out with the network. I'll be sharing it out with you all at the Big We podcast. And um, every day I just do uh, what I can in the moment to uh, imagine the story that we're creating and envisioning that because it can both be um, that immersive storytelling of the future we want to see but also mm. an invitation to see it very literally um in a uh you know virtual way but also be a call in to um to the ways that we could organize to make that happen to reimagine these empty storefronts and some of the, the building and development that can respond to the immediate needs of uh, holding um, affordable, sustainable, healthy, thriving black spaces that centers black joy uh, in, in public space. So um, we'll right. definitely share more about that, but that is what I've been practicing. Uh, and I'll share, I'll share one sneak peek of, uh, of a creative art piece that our colleague and friend Aisha Schillingford did that I remixed through this uh, virtual art app called Artivive that, um, yeah, we're excited to roll out over the next <laughs> couple of months. So practicing, envisioning, and embodying 
Kaumba and creativity yes. and art. I love it. I can't wait. You know how much we love Aisha. Love. We love you, Aisha. times like this i think um is sharing some of this uh just just share with each other some of these stories that uh do bring us uh hope yeah. um, so that leads me into introducing a bit of a new segment what's our new segment calvin tell me the all new about segment it segment is called hope spot yes. <laughs> because there are so many there are very, very many so hope many. spots. Um, I have to tell a little nerdy origin story of hope You, spot. Calvin, you're going to tell a nerdy story? No. No. Hey, back, <laughs> in, back in seasonal form. <laughs> and to answer the question, what would you be uh, if uh, white supremacy, like what, what would be your, your dream job or what would you do if white supremacy didn't exist? Yeah. We had a conversation like this earlier in the summer. We did. We did. And do you remember what mine was? What I had three options. I feel like it had to be like a professional wrestler because it's you. You know me so well. I don't know. Don't know. One of my top three. In fact, in my I think it was like the first one was I would be a wrestling commentator, like color commentator, manager, and I just want to get the crowd all riled up or all cheered up for the the storyline that's happening in the ring and not for nothing <laughs> i can totally see this by the way <laughs> i will do that job now <laughs> and it's part of what inspires the hope spot so this new segment called the hope spot is based on uh that every wrestling match there's a part of the match when things look the bleakest for particularly the underdog the protagonist in the story that's happening in the match until one moment there's an opening and in that opening the underdog has a chance to change the tide of the match and that's what's often called the hope spot so in this segment we'll talk about some hope spots we're seeing in the world around us and those are the moments that are changing the momentum towards possibilities we never even imagined and need to imagine for a new world to be imagined mm -hmm. for a bigger we so share your hope spots at the big we podcast again that is at the big we podcast uh, and there's a hope spot that I'd like to share. We're in a moment, very interestingly, again, um, looking about this at this moment as a moment, not only in time, but in history of coming to uh, a, a point where these types of extractions of land, of culture, of people, of place is literally setting the world on fire and making it an unsustainable like apocalyptically unsustainable places like places in um um spaces to live so if we're at that level at that precipice uh it's beautiful to see the hope spots that are emerging with people who are calling um us to 
join a bigger we and see us beyond just these moments of catastrophe, crisis, and calamity that actually can be uh, prevented by the very hands that might be uh, uh, contributing to it. So in that spirit, I want to share, um, you know, just acknowledge and share that uh, over the last few weeks, we've been learning of the news of the, the fires that have been happening through uh, parts of the, the rainforest uh, in, in, in Brazil uh, and across the Amazon. And we keep, keep hearing again and again that this is like the lungs of the earth. For as long as anyone can remember, the Wayapi tribe have been the stewards of these waters and the land that caresses it. In return, the Amazon rainforest has given back with every drop and seeds safeguarding their livelihood. And similarly, there's been fires that have been happening in Angola and uh, in the Congo and acknowledging again that in these places that provide so much resource to the world in, in the literal air that we breathe, um, that this is what's being set on fire and that the things that we would often... Um, uh, you know, prevent that type of fire uh, in, in the water, in the built uh, ways, and supporting and protecting those who keep those lands in those ways are, are, are the ones who are at the, at the heart of these attacks. Um, and so in the hope spot, I just want to uplift uh, the elders of the uh, Waiyapi people um, who are sharing their songs, their, their pleas, and also their power um, and, and I'm going to share this at the Big We podcast, uh, the songs that, that were uh, shared and the, the vision that was shared about um, just really pushing back against the, the governments and the corporations that are removing uh, indigenous peoples and descendants of um, uh, enslaved Africans uh, that were most of whom in that transatlantic uh, travels in that transatlantic uh, uh, slave trafficking actually were in Brazil. And so, so many of the descendants who are there are involved in the Colombo movement to reclaim and uh, claim space in lands and liberated spaces. So at this intersection of black and indigenous uh, sovereign movements, uh, there has been a pushback by the, uh, by the government and by the corporations that are wanting to raise the, those lands for uh, agriculture and for mining are, are pushing back and fighting back and, and calling people in. And there's a song that I just wanted to share that we'll, we'll share at the Big We, uh, um, the Big We Podcast, uh, dot com and on our uh, social media, the songs that they're singing that started off saying, we are singing, we sing for the butterflies and we sing for the bird of butterflies. And just that invitation to think of how many, how, how much uh, life is represented in those spaces, um, homes, reclaimed lands, uh, the, the waters, the folks who navigate those waters, the, the life and biodiversity that surrounds those waters, and they're being put at risk by fires that are happening in places where fires are like shouldn't be happening. This is definitely right. man-made. So uh, yeah. I would definitely uh, just want to uplift that there is a hope spot and new songs emerging, new power that's being called that is being placed out for all of us to respond to, to center, to center 
um, those who are uh, called to be the sacred keepers of water, of land, of the rainforest. Uh, so uplifting the elders and the chiefs of the Waiapi uh, peoples and remembering the uh, Colombos and um, the movement for restoring and reclaiming lands uh, from the descendants of uh, formerly enslaved Africans uh, in Brazil. Um, so from Brazil to the Congo to, um, you know, to, to places where they're still searching for clean water in Flint and in Newark, uh, yeah. we just think of those who are reclaiming waterways, water byways, rivers, oceans, and reclaiming um, the, the forests and the lands that are sustained by those waters. Uh, so we thank you and we appreciate you and we uplift you, uh, the elders of the Waiapi peoples. to wrap up but we have something really important that we haven't done yet we need to get to on bursting at the seams i've been holding on to these things all summer i have to oh. get them out uh, come on <laughs> calvin talk about our other new segment oh we got a new segment y'all this is my favorite oh my god oh my god wait till you well, hear we about it so we each go through our top three pop cultural picks that are giving us life and filling us with joy this week that we'll be sharing out to everyone at the Big Wee Podcast, following us on all our social media and handles. And we call it Pop 3. So this is hey. Pop 3. It's really hard not to talk about oh my this God, summer so without acknowledging things. it was the Hot Girl Summer. And shout out to hashtag <laughs> Black Girl oh Summer <laughs> for everyone from Lizzo to Hot Girl Summer to Megan The Stallion. They won a VMA award without actually having a video to yep. the song. Yep. That is yep. how hot that summer was and yep. became the anthem. So for everyone who found their joy, their moment, their turn up, their little smile, their their secret, you know, song before you get to work or while you're at work, <laughs> me, and anything else that <laughs> just brought you life in this summer, I'm I'm just uplifting and acknowledging the Black Girls Summer because y'all brought that life. I, I see you. Yes. Appreciate you. Yep. Okay. Are you ready for my first? Yes. Top three? Oh my God. I almost died when this happened. Okay. So anyone who knows me very well knows that my favorite podcast in the history of podcasts is what, Calvin? Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, oh. period. Hey. <laughs> and I thought that that podcast had gone away forever and ever. And in July, they released four new episodes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So anyone who has never heard this podcast, it is co-hosted by W. Kamau Bell, who is a host of CNN's United Shades uh, United Shades of America. That's the name of the show, right, Calvin? And yep. the other co-host is Kevin Avery, who is a writer and a stand-up comedian who is formerly known as My Celebrity Crush. 
I hope he does not <laughs> listen to this because I don't want him to know that. Um, he's also the head writer on New Negroes that we talked about last year. Last season, we talked about New Negroes. He's the head writer on that. He used to write for John Oliver last week tonight, which, by the way, my dad was on a couple weeks ago. What? I saw oh, that. Did you see my dad? Oh, hey. <laughs> He was on the um, Medical Bias episode, so when you watch that, go watch it on HBO Go. That's my daddy. He's wonderful. Um, And so, like, the podcast, Denzel is both Kevin and Kamau's favorite actor ever, and they think he's the best actor of all time, period. And they have a whole podcast, like, 100,000 episodes just talking about... Denzel Washington breaking down each one of his movies, and they have like Ava DuVernay, India Ari, Spike Lee, Ryan Coogler, Easter Ray, Jesse Williams, Sterling K. Brown, all as guests. And they have four new episodes. Um, two of them have Chris Chalk, who is from Gotham, and one of them has David Allen Greer, who is like one of our favorite comedians. He's so ridiculously funny. He just did a stint on Queen Sugar. And so I binge watched all four episodes. But if you've never listened to that podcast before, it's like the best podcast. It's so funny. It's so blackety black. It's so everything. Just go listen to it from the first episode to the new ones and you'll be very happy. All right, Calvin, hit it. You're number two. So next up on my list, speaking of all things funny and uh, the comedy, I, I just been loving all of the new uh, sketch comedies and I think there's one that you have in mind that I won't steal your thunder for so I'm going to go with a different one <laughs> Sherman's Showcase Sherman's why Showcase. is that one of the most hilarious <laughs> mockumentary documentary the format it of is. a Pay twenty nine ninety nine, and you will get most of the twenty three collected. I was dying laughing. It was, it was it's like a funny, uh, comedic, uh, satirical take of uh, dance shows and programs like Motown uh, that goes throughout time from like nineteen the nineteen seventies through twenty eighteen, and in this kind of episodic uh, montage that's shown in the in in a very familiar format of the infomercial <laughs> right <laughs> or like public television infomercial like uh, 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 you know re- remember back in the summer of 82 and da da and it's like these either actual musicians or musicians who are playing caricatures of other musicians throughout uh, R&B hip hop and funk uh-huh. uh, and I'm on. T- I'm not gonna lie. There's some songs on there, like the episode that uh, was a, a, a caricature, and also I'm gonna say a celebration because it was done with respect. A celebration of Prince. Yes. <laughs> where Morris oh Day was a special guest. Oh my and god. When, yo, when they had Vic Mensa play that character, I was I was done. I was dying. <laughs> and why is the music so dope? Because it, it is has actually, to be for that show. It you is have actually to have fun. good music on that show. Got to have. So it just to. made me laugh. Something that's funny, yeah. uh, silly, but at the same time, uh, made me nostalgic for some of the songs from back when and the dances and all, the names yes. of the dancers. It's just fun. It, it, it was. It, it's a fun show that um, is heavy on my rotation. I've I've seen a couple episodes more than once. <laughs> have you? I mean, just so I can hear the songs again. I've been like looking <laughs> it up on YouTube. Like, you know, Vicky is the water hot. I mean, uh, it was just. It, were, it was like right up there with um, the the 
uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, I know I'm gonna get in trouble for this. And some people like put you this uh, all the way up in the ether and the you know on a platform. But mm-hmm. when Eddie Murphy did James Brown and said like the touch the <laughs> the, the, hot the, the hot tub, it's too hot. Like for me, it reminded me of that, and I was just dying laughing. So, anyways, my number two is a black lady sketch show. Now, this is controversial for me because I love 90% of everything about this show. I love the individual women who are in it. I am fans of theirs individually. The sets, the concepts, the, like the acting, like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Fan. It's amazing. I don't love the writing though, Calvin. <gasps> I know! I know. And I have like a group of friends who love this show and laugh like to their dying day every episode. And I have a group of friends who are like, I'm still waiting for a laugh as four episodes in and I haven't had one yet. So I want y'all to watch it and I want to know what you think about it because I am a huge stand up and sketch comedy fan. I have been my whole, literally my whole life. And I was so excited for there to be a show called a black lady sketch show that's written, produced, directed, acted all by all black women. It's produced, executive produced by Issa Rae. And, you know, Quinta, who used to be on the internet all the time, is on there. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. amazing. The cast is ridiculous. I've had a little guffaw here or there, but, like, I'm, I'm, I want, like, a Key and Peele inner city wizard school belly laugh. I want an that, A.A. Ron laugh. You know what I'm saying? That, and that, I that, haven't that, gotten it yet. I mean, not for nothing. There's a lot of forgettable sketches that they had, but I will say this. That, that, now, that is true. That, now, I will those give you are that. definitely up there. And then I will, you know... The post-apocalyptic timeline and storyline that they have on as a recurring theme yeah. in in the in the show so far, I kind of want to see that as a full-length film. Yeah. Now, now, see, now you're talking. Now you're talking. You know what I mean? Because I mean, if this is the end, and all these other buddy comedies of post-apocalyptic happenings. If we could, ha- if they could have that, can, can, can we have this? Can we see this? Absolutely. Like, I would and, like to see and it. And let me say this about a Black Lady Sketch Show. If they have 20,000 seasons of stuff that doesn't make me laugh, I'm going to watch every single episode. Because I, I hear am that. totally down with these women. I love that there's an all-black women sketch comedy show. They can sit on there and watch paint dry for 30 minutes a week, and I'm going to watch it. I just want I want to laugh more because I love to laugh, and I want to laugh with them. I want them to win. I want them to win. They did. I think they just got um, signed off That's for a right. second so for yeah. a second season. They got a so second I'm feeling season. hopeful. I'm feeling like we can give them feedback, and they'll be, you know, a little bit better. But, like. Are you trying to get pr- on the show? Listen, I won't say no. <laughs> I won't say no. <laughs> I wasn't asking for that, but I won't say no. Okay. I love the production. I love the ideas. I love it. Like, don't get me wrong. I love it. I just want to laugh more. That's all. What's your number three, Calvin? I, I'll, I'll definitely get into my number three. Uh, I, but before I do that, I will uh, offline, offline, off camera, off air. I want to hear the stuff that you didn't laugh at. Only because I want, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious. Ow! Uh, my third one, uh, I know we're coming up on time, so I'll be really quick. Um, I just love that it is festival season, and it is yes. probably like peak festival season within peak festival season, right? Yes. Um, but for everyone who had gone out to Afropunk, uh, who showed us you could live your best life in music and sound and fashion 
and do it for the culture and do it with the children's and have it online and you know virtually and it was just i was able to live vicariously through all of that and yes. i remember to this day i still remember when it was just a block party down the block from when i was living in fort green and just seeing <laughs> people on skateboards and guitars and just that element still being part of it but becoming a whole other culture itself it's just so beautiful to see that so um emerge and then to see other smaller uh, local uh, festivals as well um i'm going to one this uh, this monday for the pan-african family reunion which was the nice. uh, tail end to the start of the summer which is the fam bam which i spoke about uh, in our companion piece mm -hmm. about a record before the fourth of july plug mm -hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> and uh, also thinking about uh folks who are in ghana and wrapped up the chale wote uh yes. festival so just all these festivals that allow us to be visionary fancy of uh, like fantastic and fanciful and yeah. uh fashionable and all the different ways that we can imagine ourselves in that feeling of joy and future yeah. here and now shout shout out to everyone who went who organized who are part of that shout out to the black festival season of love so boom mm -hmm. that was my number three all right so my number three is super random and i found out about it like watching a commercial while i was watching everybody's boo um trevor noah on daily show and the show is called <laughs> just revealing all of my I was like, where are you going crushes today. Um, the show is called Southside. Have you seen the show, Calvin? Oh, Southside. It's on Comedy Central, and yeah. it is like so. People, these these men who are who have created, written, and acting in it, I have never heard of not one of them. And the first episode is like this dude who's like. In his 30s, he graduates from community college. He gets this amazing job. He's so happy on his first day. He gets fired because of his background check. And he has to go work at, like, the Renaissance Center. And it is the funniest thing on TV right now to me. And you watch it, you will totally get a sense of my sense of humor because that show has me in stitches every week. I love it so much. Go watch it. I'm it's definitely watching it. Here, here's what's funny. funny, cynical, like... You know, amazing. I love it. I love it so much. A little bit of a, a full circle with our last few. Um, the folks who created Southside? Yes. Same ones who do uh, Sherman Showcase. Are they? Yeah. That does not surprise me one little bit. Yeah. That they, does not from, surprise yeah, me. Y'all better, yeah. better <laughs> be out here making people laugh. Come on. I love it. Yes. Yep. And yes. not for nothing... Quite a few folks from Black Lady uh, yes, sketch, show, sketch Show also on Sherman Showcase. I just That's love right. that creating right. folks who create opportunities for each other. We yeah. all win in when we all win in. That's right. That's right. I love it. All right. I'm going to cheat again. I don't care. I have an honorable mention because I'm in this documentary. It came out last week. It's called The Illusion of Money. But I have more to say about it. I don't have time. I'm going to say it later on the internet. Okay, bye. I'm done. <laughs> all the different <laughs> plugs that we got. Um <laughs> Yo, uh, aside from our hope spots, aside from our pop three, I'm sure yeah. that there's um, folks who want to share their feedback, share their Please. reflections, share their answers to the question of who will you be uh, if, if you were fully free and white supremacy didn't exist. Yes. All those things. You can holler at us at The Big We Podcast. Again, at The Big We Podcast. You can send us your 
own pop threes. You can yes. share with us your hope spots. And uh, you could also catch some of the resources and some of the um, uh, other segments and podcasts and, and, and mixtapes that we were talking about throughout the entire conversation. You can find it on social media. So, again, don't forget to tweet us. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Big Wee Podcast. Or you could drop us a line by email at hello at thebigweedpodcast.com. I literally almost started singing hello. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> I almost did that. Ow! <laughs> I, oh, how I wish you had. I've got, I've got some clay here. I would have sculpted a bust of you. It would have been amazing. It would have been great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it would have been great. And you can find us at our website, thebigweedpodcast.com. And anywhere you get your podcasts, and don't forget to leave a review. Lastly, we want to give a shout out to a few very special people who make this program happen, starting first with our producer, We Am Gadban, the wonderful Paola Maritzan, who is taking care of our post-production audio, editing, and sound engineering. And a humongous shout out to Creative Day out in Nashville, my guy Brian Sexton, and this amazing theme music featuring Patrick Brooks, a.k.a. Cadence Pat, and Andronicus Hawkins, a.k.a. Nickus Beats. And, of course, to you, our beautiful, beloved listeners. We love you so much. This has been The Big We. Ice, Ice cream, cream pie! pie!